I'm in my 10-foot square hut. It's actually about uh, 20 foot by uh, by uh, 10 or 20 by 10 maybe. My hut. Uh, it's actually just a room in the apartment, but it's similar. How is it similar, really? Well, we'll explore that thing. So I'm actually just going to read the Ho-Jokuki. Ho-Jokuki. It's a, um, it's sort of along the lines of when I was reading Basho. It's pre- he's the predecessor to Basho, actually. So it's, um, yeah, it uh, comprises the 10 square foot square hut, which is attributed to show me, but I'll have to read about that later, about who wrote it. It's, uh, it says that it's a 13th century Japanese classic. Interesting, this press is uh, Greenwood Press Publishers, Westport, Connecticut. Wow. Did you live in Westport or work in Westport? Or you lived in Connecticut. And this is published, uh, originally published, 1928. Oh, what's in, what are you talking about? Where'd you get this book? Uh, uh, it's a 10-foot square hut, uh, and Tales of the Heki, and it's, uh, hmm, Greenwood Press. Oh, that's an old book. Why are you reading old books? You can't get enough stuff off the internet to satisfy yourself, or, or you don't like the stuff off the internet, uh, uh, no, I, I'm trying to add value to the internet in this podcast. Okay. And I'm just continuing in, in the way that I did did the deep journey, the deep road, <laughs> the narrow, deep road into this book, into this podcast, the... the the narrow road to the deep reading of this book, of a, spot, of a podcast. What happened to your phone? Why has it got a crack over here? Oh, did you drop your phone? Oh. Yeah, well, everything could be dead in the morning. But, uh, so, like I said, so I'm, I relate things to my own life, too what his experience is in the, his 10-foot square hut. So, this is the Hojoki. Ceaselessly the river flows, and yet the water is never the same. While in the still pools, the shifting foam gathers and is gone, never staying for a moment. Even so is man and his habitation. Uh-oh. He's like saying that I'm just foam or this podcast is just a bunch of foam that gathers and is gone. Yeah, once you finish listening to it, it's pretty much over. Even so is man in his habitation. The shifting foam gathers and is gone. 
And this podcast is never staying for a moment when it's blown up by nuclear warfare or whatever it is. Even so is man in his habitation. In the stately ways of our shining capital, the dwellings of high and low raise the roofs in rivalry, as in the beginning. But few indeed there are that have stood for many generations. This year, falling into decay, and the next built up again, how often does the mansion of one age turn into the the cottages of the next? Uh, Yeah, he's saying that this house or apartment could someday just turn into the cottage of the next. Uh, Yeah, they could decide to knock it down. My friend, he does actually demolition. His job is demolition. So he'll knock. What an interesting way, job. So you don't have to build a house. You can just destroy it. Yeah. I would like a job. Maybe I could go into demolition. I might be better at demolition than construction. I could I could remind myself of how this dusty world is fading away and everything's being replaced by the next. <laughs> when I knock down buildings and stuff. Yeah, you got to be big with some muscles and stuff to do that. Are you qualified? (laughs) And so too are they who live in them. The streets of the city are thronged as of old. But of the many people we meet there, how very few are those that we know, new in our youth. Yeah. Yeah, there's very few people here in New York. That I knew in my youth. In fact, there's hardly any. The streets are thronged as of old, but many of the of the many people we meet here, there, how very few are those that we knew in our youth? Yeah, there's not that many. I don't have that many friends even that I've known over a certain time period. No. Yeah, and you didn't have how many friends? You had one friend at the wedding and, uh, that you knew over how many years did you know him? Well, let's see, it goes back to 91, uh, most, wait, how many years is that? One, two, three, over 20 years, uh, so. Oh, you had your son, and he, but he can't be over 30 years, and, and you had your brother, which that I, oh that's longer. That's the longest. Uh, maybe my brother and uh, so you didn't have you had a small wedding, yeah. And I I don't have very many people I knew in my youth except for my brother. Oh, so you had one, yeah. Dead in the morning and born at night. So man goes on forever unenduring as the foam on the water. Yeah, so man is dead in the morning and born at night. Huh, so I could be dead in the morning at my great age, and I may have been born at night. (laughs) And this man that is born and dies, who knows whence he came and whither he goes. 
And this man that is born and dies, who knows whence he came and whither he goes, and who knows also why with so much labor he builds his house. Why do you... Yeah, why are we spending so much labor building up our apartment? Muy rico. But we're kind of practical, right? And we don't... Practical. Practical? This is practical. Mm, jugo de naranja. The jugo. You like it? Yo la, I like naranja. it. Naranja? Muy rico. Yeah, we got a juicer, right? We got a Hugo. We got a naranja, which naranja. is an orange juicer. Orange juicer. Orange juicer? Juicer. Say juicer. What do you call it? Hugo? I say, Davy habla juicer. And in Espanol? Hugo. Hugo. That's juice. Isn't Hugo juice? Hmm. juice. Naranja is orange. Naranja is orange. Orange, say orange. 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 So we build up this house. Salud, saludable. Mucha salud. But we only have one room, uno cuarto. It's no muy complicado. No. How do you say simple life? Simple, simplemente. You be very simplemente. Simplemente. <laughs> what do you say simple, simplemente? Simplemente. It's como relax. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, we have some nice things in our build-up house, uh, <laughs> our casa. Well, we don't even have a casa. We have a cuarto. You have a casa? It's apartamento. Bueno. Yeah, I like it because look, we have the sí, light bueno. loose in the mañana. In the mañana. You like loose in mañana? Te gusta? <laughs> you like it? Sí, I like it more. Do you, you like Tegusta Cuarto? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sí. Uh, yeah. Okay. We're happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have basically a kitchen. And we have a bathroom and a, and a room. We have a banos, a cocina, and a cuarto. Actually, and there's a backyard and a parking space so we build up our house 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 casa well it's modern days it's I don't know if you call it a hut to be in the city maybe we'll get a hut in Colombia Colombia <laughs> to get a hut probably the price of a house in Colombia equals the price of a hut in the Adirondacks, so maybe about the same. Well, you're pretty hard on your phone. I hope that crack isn't up. What happened? What happened? Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a free-form podcast, so you have to just be patient. Uh, mm. uh, 
Yeah, and who knows also why so much labor he builds his house. Yeah. People, they send, they build their house up. Or how such things can give him pleasure. Yeah, it seems, uh, how could these things give me pleasure? You'd think I would want spiritual enlightenment for my pleasure. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're taking pleasure out of your hugo, and, uh, and you obviously have a and a more, or a wife in this case. That's unusual. Yeah, but you saw that, uh, who had a wife like, uh, that famous, famous Chisti, like uh, you read about Chisti, who's a famous mystic who followed the, even the Chisti, uh, Chisti's Sufi way of the Chisti's in India. He married late, apparently. Yeah. So is, are you following in his footsteps? Well, the uh, Muslims say that it's okay, or it's good, actually, to get married late in life. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. You're supposed to be in deep meditation all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, well... Well, I don't know. I'm just following the Tao, or the, in this case, the, the. Uh, I don't know what I'm following here. So, what are you? What's going on in this book here? Oh, okay. And who knows also why so much labor he builds his house, or how such things give him pleasure? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people, they buy homes and they buy summer homes and they, all that stuff. <laughs> like the dew on the morning glory, our man in his house, who knows which will survive the other. Hmm. Amor, mira. What is that, Amor? <laughs> what happened, August Smith? <laughs> What'd you get? What's this, Pakash? No, Says August Smith. Huh? Pero Are you este, Senora? Are you Sen? Are you Senora? You have to save this. Wait, where'd you get this, Senora Smith? Huh? No, pero no, pero eso no. The receipt, more the receipt. You have receipt? This one. Where's your receipt? No, esto, esto, esto sirve, oh. amor, esto. Yeah. Este pedazo, este. You want to save that? Yeah, that's not Contigo exactly. But it still says Olga Smith. <laughs> yeah. She has to save her uh, uh, her receipts uh, that say Olga Smith. Uh, like the dew on the morning glory, our man in his house, who knows which will survive the other. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering who's going to survive the longest, me or this house. Yeah, it's like a gamble. Hmm, I wonder how long this house will last. Huh. Yeah, how long will you last? Yeah, well, yeah, these are common questions because he's similar to Basho and they were, they were back then. Oh, what a more? Put it down. Is that chocolatey? No, primero jugo. Oh, oh.
Primero jugo? Sí. You want me to drink the jugo? Sí, primero jugo. This jugo is delicious, Amar. Delicious. It's really good. Mm. Oh, wow. Fresh jugo, fresh orange juice. It's good, like we hardly ever get. We have no jugo hardly, no frutas. No, pero jugo sí, pero uno en la mañana. She won't drink um, fruit, eat fruit or drink fruit in the evening because she thinks it makes you fat or gordo. So she just said jugo in the mañana. That's referring to fruit jugo. So I'm allowed to drink orange juice in the morning. <laughs> that way I might live longer than this house. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you're not reading very fast. You're, you just spent 17 minutes and didn't even read one page yet. Yeah, well, I'm opposed to efficiency, so I don't care what my listeners think about. And this podcast is not efficient. Okay. All right. Oh. Mm. What? English? What came in the... English uh, English about the... Was that crema? Mucho cremas? No. The dew may fall and the flower remain, but only to wither in the morning. Yeah. All these flowers in the springtime wither in the morning sun, and the dew may stay with on the withered flower, but it will not see another evening. Wow. Huh. Yeah, he's. They talk about the uh, transitoriness of life. He, it's a. It's Buddhism, basically. So, you have to tolerate it. Uh, it's not depressing and negative to you. No, I never found it. I don't found find this stuff depressing or negative at all. I find wisdom and knowledge. <laughs> to be inducive to enlightenment. Where are you going? Guantes? Oh, the car? Huh? You going to Cochi? No, no, Cochi no, no. Where's the Guantes? No, in Cochi no. No, in El Deli. You need a dinero or you have it? No, yo creo que aquí tengo. I gave you dinero, tengo. You have dinero. Yeah, you have an allowance, maybe. <laughs> Are you going to sew that or have it no, the tailor? No, no, eso no. What happened? No, eso no, no. A tailor? Eso no tiene rompe ese así. That's your uh, jaqueta for Primera? Your, your, your spring jacket? ¿Tú necesitas algo del deli? No. You can have some more mas dinero. No, no, con esto. Son unos guantes de... All right. Son muy, muy... I'll see you later. Ya, no, no me demoro. Tomaba 20 de cabello.
That's a long topic about the value of a, of the wife to a, a mystic, you know, like if you consider that Rumi had one and Shamis Tabriz had one and uh, now we know Chisti had one, so. But these, these a lot of these uh, lonely Zen guys like Basho, they write about the beauty of solitude and loneliness. <laughs> so I'm experiencing solitude and loneliness in this book, in this podcast, by reading this depressing Buddhist stuff about the dusty world. <laughs> but you're not depressed, are you? No, no. During the 40 years or so that I have lived since I began to understand the meaning of things, I have seen not a few strange happenings. In the third year of the era Anjin and the 28th day of the fourth month is when Russia attacked Ukraine. Uh, No. In the third year of the era, Angen, and the 28th day of the fourth month, I think it was, the wind blew a gale, and at the hour of the dark, at 8 p.m., a fire started in the southeast of the capital, and was blown across to the northwest, and everything as far as the Sujaku Gate, the Tagyoki Hall, and the Office of the Internal Affairs was reduced to ashes. In a single night. Oh my God. Huh. They say it started at He Gucci Tomino Koji in the temporary structure used as a hospital. Now, as the flames came on, they spread out like an open fan, and the remoter houses were smothered in smoke while those near roared up in flames. The sky was dark with ashes and across this black background the fire glowed red like early dawn while everywhere the flames driven by the wind went leaping on over a space more than a hundred yards wide. And of those caught by it, some fell choked in the smoke while others were overtaken by the flames and perished. Suddenly, and those few who managed with difficulty to escape were quite unable to take their goods with them. And how many precious treasures were thus lost, none can tell. Wow, that would get rid of the... In a fire, the house could be burned up in a moment's notice. They used to have these fires back in there. This is like medieval in a way, uh, Japan... Oh, they had a big fire, I guess, and this is why he went out to this 10-square hut out in a lonely spaces somewhere. I guess he went out from the city, I guess. It's sort of like Basho going out. Of course, Basho is like 400 years later, or he's not 400, but uh, two or 300. Hmm. Of the palaces of the great nobles, 16 were entirely destroyed, and the houses of lesser people, the number is unknown. 
One third of the city was burnt, and many thing thousands must have perished. And cattle and horses beyond reckoning. The handiwork of man is a vain thing enough in any place, but to spend money and time on building houses in such a dangerous spot as the capital is foolish indeed beyond measure. Yeah. Yeah, it would be foolish to build a house like in the capital. Because, you know, the prospects of war and uh, anything could happen. Like, like Putin says that if you uh, help Ukraine with weapons, that he might have to use the nuclear option. Uh, That would wreck the capital for sure. Hmm. The handiwork of man is a vain thing enough in any place, but to spend money and time on building houses in such a dangerous spot as the capital is foolish indeed beyond measure. Yeah, and it's probably foolish to build a house in New York City because it probably costs too much. So, for one thing, why don't you get a house then somewhere? Are you going to get it in the country or you going to get a 10-foot square hut or are you going to get one in Colombia are you going to buy a $10,000 Tesla house or what are you doing huh. well right now I'm just living in an apartment a rental apartment I don't didn't build up a house not at this time but you said you do deconstruction in your in your literary analysis of poetry. Are you deconstructing right now? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm just reading a book right now in this podcast. Uh, I'm reading The Ten Foot Square Hut. Uh, Translated by A.L. Sadler, Professor of Oriental Studies in the University of Sydney. Mas money? You need mas money more. God, oh well. She came back with like only two plantanos. Oh my God. Oh well. Well. Uh, then again, in the fourth year of the year, she showed the fourth month and about the 29th day, a great typhoon blew in with immense violence from the neighborhood of Nakano, Mikado, and Kyokoko towards Roku. Roku. Hmm. Yeah, Roku, isn't that like a TV thing? You hook up to the TV? Yeah, then there was a typhoon, and then the fourth year. Oh, my God, first they had a fire, then a typhoon. God, this Japan, that's me. What's going to be next? Like a hurt, like an earthquake, and maybe a pandemic, and maybe a drop in the stock market, and goodness, of inflation. What? Oh, you need must dollars now. Here are more. Hold on.
You you will have I put in the money in the drawer maybe uh more. You need to have an allowance, an account, uh, a banker. You'll get a banker card. Yeah. More you put uh put this one in the drawer over there and this one you take here you put some dinero. We put some dinero for for the bills. Huh? Here. Para qué? Take there. Put some in the in the drawer and some for spending. There. Yeah. Here. Here's what we do. No, for you, for the you can go take the. You take the. Uh, for the for. For Ogan Davies. Uh, no, venga, yo necesito diez, necesito diez. You take this and this we put here. Here, this is the dinero. Here for for bills. Huh? When you need the dinero, I put some here. Like that. See. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, if you need it. Okay. Yeah, she needs some money for, uh, we're following the, the Zen Buddhist approach to the wife uh, strategy. Like they have a, they actually teach uh, how uh, as per Buddha, how a wife should be. So, because a wife is managing the household with the food and the kitchen, and uh, she, it says literally in uh, one of those books uh, from the Buddhist that you buy the woman supplies for the kitchen. So, she actually got a, a frying pan and uh, she got a she got the orange juicer. It's a fruit juicer. It's not a juicer for the vegetables. She's got one of those. Uh, and she has a thing to make soup, puree thing for soup. You bought your wife a bunch of stuff for the kitchen? Huh? You call that love? Well, well, she, <laughs> uh, well, she gets lots of it. Attention. So you get attention back, and you provide attention to your wife. You can't just do meditation all the time. Come on. You got to be practical. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we never know when there'll be a typhoon in New York. There could be a hurricane. There could be a fire or a typhoon or a nuclear war. They They say that they're... Yeah, Mike was telling about how, like, when in World War Two, and we were helping the English that the Germans sent submarines to, to outside to New York, and and that now Putin is sending submarines to New York, <laughs> in case he decides to blow up New York. Hmm. Hmm. For the space of of near a quarter of a mile, it raged, and the houses within it reached there were none, great or small, that it did not throw down. Of some, the whole house fell flat, and of others, the roof of the gate was taken off and blown, it may be some 500 yards. 
Others, again, had their boundary walls leveled so that there was nothing between them and their neighbor's premises. Household treasures were blown up in the air and destroyed, and pieces of board and shingles filled the air like driven leaves in winter. The dust was as thick as smoke, and the roar of the wind so loud that none could hear the other speak. Wow. God, what's so great about Japan? Like, my God, they have typhoons, they have fires and earthquakes, and what a nightmare. Why are you reading this stuff? <laughs> what more? You got something? Huh? What'd you get? You got a guantus? Oh, a guantus. Por que? You need a, for a... For cocina? No. Sí, for no, beauty? También. Y a veces para lavar el baño. Oh, for cleaning. For limpio? Eso, con esos, son, esos son muy buenos. Esos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. No, pero es que me va a pintar un poquito el cabello, amor. Yeah. Porque echase esto acá. Yeah. Are you going to clean? Limpio? With the bottom? No, no, no. Yeah, I don't know if she has to work on Sundays, really. Or she bought some rubber gloves or something for, I suppose, cleaning. She does good. She's good at cleaning and good at cooking. And, well, what else is she good at or can't you say in this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, this podcast could be blown away, so we'll see how it matters. The air was filled with driven leaves in winter. The household treasures were blown up into the air. The dust was as thick as smoke and the roar of the wind so loud that none could hear this podcast. I suppose the bitter wind of karma that blows us to hell could not be more savage or fearsome. Uh... Uh, towards uh, the Russians attacking Ukraine. I suppose the bitter wind of karma that blows us to hell could not be more savage or fearsome. Wow. You could be blown to hell for this podcast. You better watch what you say. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just saying you should be afraid. You should be afraid of the bitter wind of karma. I'm saying you should be afraid of wrongdoing. Huh? No, what? You're doing your hair? Oh, your palo, 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 palo. Esto es pelo, Yeah, I know it's palo. I'm finally learning something. I, it takes repetition uh, in this podcast. I have to repeat the Spanish words. This. So this, uh, in this, uh, I'm, you're sort of learning Japanese uh, literature and Spanish. In <laughs> Spanish, pelo. Pelo. See, I get everything mixed up. Like a pero is a dog, and a pelo is a hare. <laughs> yeah, you are far from a Spanish literature scholar. You claim you're a. 
you have a PhD in Spanish literature and you could barely even know a few words at this point. <laughs> I'm a, I suppose the bitter wind of karma that blows us to hell could not be more savage or fearsome. Wow. I don't... I think that's why I meditate, as I'm afraid of the bitter wind of karma. Wow. You have bad karma? or I know you've had it in the past. Uh, and I don't know if you have it now, but you seem fairly well settled and happy in your 10-foot square hut. Yeah, well... That's why I'm living in a 20-foot by 10-foot square room right now because I don't want to be in a dangerous spot like in the capital. Uh That's why I'm not in Manhattan. I'm in Queens because it's a little more uh, family-based and a little livable, more livable, a little little, uh, more residential in a way. Yeah, it's it makes sense, I suppose. It's uh, I guess Queens could be considered more residential in a way than Manhattan. Uh, yeah, it's a little less concentrated, a little easier to park, but not easy to not exactly easy to park even here. But but it's possible. Oh, and it's like impossible in the city. Actually, I was in Manhattan last night, Saturday night. The traffic was something. I said, I guess we can't go to Manhattan on a Saturday night. Because the the traffic was quite packed up. This was in the Harlem area. I was headed towards like Central Park, but the traffic's so heavy, I... Turned around and went back to the Triborough Bridge and RFK Bridge and went home because I couldn't get into Manhattan, let alone get out. Oh, wow. Is there an overcrowding problem or what's going on? And not only were the houses damaged, but a number of people were lamed and hurt in trying to repair them. This whirlwind eventually veered around to the southwest and fresh shouts of distress arose. It is true these winds are not infrequent, but yet there were very many who said, Ah, this must be the portent of some dreadful happening. Huh. And in the waterless month, the sixth of the same year, suddenly and without warning, the capital was changed. This was a most extraordinary thing, for they say that the capital was first fixed here in the august age of the Mikado Saga, and so it has remained for all these centuries, and thus to change it without any good reason was a very great mistake, and it was no wonder that the people should complain and lament. Yeah, like everywhere I go, most of what I hear from people is complaining. I hate... I know you hate complaining, complainers, so, yeah. Still, that was, of course, quite unavailing in all the inhabitants, beginning with his august majesty, the Mikado, and the ministers and great nobles of the court have 
per force to remove to the new capital at Naniwa in Setsu. And those who wish to get on in the world who should stay in the former capital. Question mark. All who coveted court rank and were the expectants, clients of some great lord. Yeah, all the oligarchs who uh, in, stayed in Moscow. Those who wished to get on in the world who would stay in the former capital. Yeah, the former capital was was Moscow, but then it was changed to Kiev. And uh, all who coveted court rank or were oligarchs in uh, Russia and were expecting clients of some great lord like Putin bustled about to get away as soon as possible. So then the, the Russians... Uh, they bustled about to get away as soon as possible. Yeah, they tried to get out of Russia. And it was only a few un unadaptable people who had nothing to hope for who stayed behind in the ancient capital of Moscow. Hmm. And those mansions that stood so proudly side by side from day to day became more ruinous. Many were broken up and floated down the river Odo, while their pleasant grounds were turned into rice fields, and the fashions changed also in those days, so that everyone came to ride on horseback. Yeah, and everybody at that time was sort of driving Teslas. Uh -huh. The fashions had changed, I guess, and they were talking about, they were trying to tell, uh, the Democrats are trying to tell farmers that they have to get uh, electric tractors. But the tr farmers couldn't figure out where they're going to charge their tractors. And the fashion changed also in those days so that everyone came to ride on horseback. While the more dignified ox car was quite forsaken... And everybody was scrambling to get land by the western sea, and none cared for manners in the north and east. And everybody was scrambling at that time to get to get a place in California. Hmm. Now it happened at this time that I chanced to go down myself to the new capital in the province of Setsu. Hmm. And when I came to look at it, the site was cramped and too narrow to lay out the avenues properly. And the mountains towered over it to the north while the sea hemmed it in on the south and the noise of the waves and the scent of the brine were indeed too much to be borne. Yeah, I think they should have made the streets a little wider like, um, yeah, I've been in a number of places that where the streets were too narrow, and most places nowadays. So. It's interesting that no matter how wide you make the roads, like, they just end up filling up, and I've, I've seen, uh, I've seen traffic stop, basically, it could be like six, seven, seven lane, eight lane roads, and uh, 
it's still the traffic has stopped like in Bogota. There's a, the traffic was, you can make them wider and wider and wider and still there's a lot of traffic. Uh, yeah. Huh. Hmm. Like, do you know an example where, well, yeah, there's the, and the t mountains towered over it to the north while the sea hemmed it in on the south and the noise of the waves and the scent of the brine were indeed too much to be borne. The traffic was too much to be borne, really. The palace was right up against the hills, a log hut palace built on round timbers. It all seemed so very strange and rough and yet somehow not a little elegant. And as for all those houses that had been broken up and brought down, so that the river was almost dammed up by them. I wondered whatever they were going to put them for. Still, there was so much empty ground, and very few dwellings had been built. So the old capital was already a waste, and the new one not yet made. Yeah, the old one was a waste. <laughs> Everyone felt as unsettled as drifting clouds. Huh. Do you feel that way sometimes? Huh. Yeah, sometimes. Everyone felt as unsettled as drifting clouds. Hmm. And the natives of the place were full of complaints over losing their land, while the new inhabitants grumbled at the difficulty of building on such a site. Yeah, they're either complaining or grumbling. And, and of the people one met in the streets, those who ought to have been riding in carriages were on horseback, and those who usually wore court costume were in military surcoats. Yeah. Most everybody uh, I've encountered in Ukraine were wearing military coats at this point. <laughs> the whole atmosphere of the capital was altered and they looked like a lot of country samurai. In fact, yeah, everybody looked like samurai in Ukraine. The whole atmosphere of the capital of Ukraine was altered. And they looked like a lot of country samurai. And those who said that these changes were a portent of some civil disturbance seemed to be not without reason. For as time went on, things became more and more unquiet, and there was a feeling of unrest everywhere. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah, you should save that as a feeling of unrest everywhere. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the irony in World War Two is we provided uh, assistance and weapons, uh, financial assistance to Russia when they are fighting uh, Germany. And so um, the, then they, the Germans became angry and they sent submarines to New York. Yeah. And now we're helping Ukraine, and uh, that's angering the Russians, who are sending now sending submarines to New York <laughs> to lay waste to the capital. <laughs> oh, is New York the capital, or what are you talking about? 
But the murmurings of the people proved of some effect, and for in the following winter they were ordered back to the ancient capital. But all the same, the houses that had been destroyed and removed could not at once be restored to their former condition. Now we learn that in the dim ages of the past, in the august era of a certain more revered Mikado, the empire was ruled with great kindness that the palace was thatched with reeds and its eaves were not repaired because it was seen that little smoke went up from the houses and the taxes were on that account remitted. So did the sovereign have pity on his people and help them in their distress. When we compare it with these ancient days, we can well understand... uh, What a time we live in. Yeah, this is the reason why I read this, is so we'll understand. What a time we live in, so we can understand what's happening to us. Yeah, by history. Who are you reading some 13th century Japanese classic? Yeah, I think it was, but so many years have elapsed that I am not certain. There were two years of famine. Oh, my God, famine. And a terrible time, indeed, it was. Oh, you, yeah, so you're saying that in addition to pandemic and war, that there, and the end of Ukraine was the breadbasket of Europe and to the Asia, and then they're not growing their crops. There could be a famine. Is that why fertilizer prices are rising there? The price of commodities is going up and there's inflation. Yeah. I think it was, but so many years have elapsed that I'm not certain there were two years of famine and a terrible time indeed it was. The spring and summer was scorching hot. Oh, and autumn and winter brought typhoons and floods as one bad season followed another. The five cereals could not ripen. Hmm. Yeah, that's all we need is bad weather now. Like, this would not be good to have both pandemic and war and uh, a supply crisis. And, uh, hmm. yeah. And did the stock market drop or did you have, uh, do you have inflation? Do you have war? Do you have uh, weather, any problem with the weather or? In vain was the spring plowing. Yeah, they're not able to plow right now in Ukraine because of um, the Russians left landmines in the field. So, God, that's not funny. Why are you laughing? This is not funny. Okay, in vain was the spring plowing. And the summer sowing was but labor lost. Neither did they, you... Neither did you hear the joyous clamor of the harvest and storing in autumn and winter. Yeah, if they don't plant and they don't save the seeds and store, there's going to be a famine. Okay, some deserted their land and went to other provinces. Some, a lot of the people from Ukraine uh, just left and there's been millions and millions of 
just left Ukraine. Some deserted their land and went to other provinces, and others left their houses and dwelt in the hills. And Then all sorts of prayers were said, and special services recited, but things grew no better. Yeah, so why are you podcasting this stuff, and why don't you pray for Ukraine or something instead of just complaining? Oh, yeah, okay. And since... And since for everything, the people of the capital had to depend on the country around it, when no farmers came in with food, how could they continue their usual existence? Yeah, how could they expect them to to continue their existence? Though householders brought out their goods into the street and besought people to buy like beggars with no sense of shame, yet no one would even look at them. And if there should be any ready to barter, they held money cheap enough and could hardly be brought to part with grain. Yeah, it's amazing because they they were offered, like some of the farmers were offered bitcoins and and all kinds of stuff, and they said, forget about it, we're not parting with our grain. You can keep your bitcoins. Uh Yeah, it would have been better maybe to have bought commodities than to buy bitcoin at that point. Oh yeah, Well, well, we'll see what happens. You think you're so smart. You think you're so smart, and you think you're as smart as... You you think you're like uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Warren Buffett and your view of Bitcoin, but well, yeah, maybe you should buy fertilizer. That way, you can grow more grain instead of just buy grain. Okay. All right. Beggars filled the streets, and their clamor was deafening to the ears. Yeah, I guess when uh, beggars fill the streets, it'd be good to have fertilizer. You could at least grow something. So the first year passed, and it was difficult enough to live. But when we looked for some improvement during the next, it was even worse. Wow, and this podcast is getting worse and worse with your negativity. For pestilence followed, and the prayers of the people were of no effect. And now the prayers were of no effect even. Wow. As the days passed, they felt like fish when the water dries up. And respectable citizens who ordinarily wore hats and shoes were now barefooted begging from house to house. My God. Why do you like this thing? There's really something wrong with you. You make feel better about yourself when you read this stuff. Oh, oh yeah, I'm coming, Amor. I'm coming. It's time for breakfast. You're lucky to have a breakfast. <laughs>